You are listening to the Young Black Travelers Podcast, Black voices conversing on experiential travel, dedicated to creating a global community of travelers. Be bold, be inspired, be spontaneous. We are YBT. Welcome to the Young Black Travelers Podcast. It is your girl, Chrisanne, that by popular demand. And we are happy to have you join us for our season seven finale episode. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So as you can hear, we have our founder, Asher of YBT. Hello, everybody. Happy New and Year. We have our Happy New Year, yes. <laughs> and we have our strategic partnership leader, Balone. Say hey, Balone. How's it going, everyone? Glad to be back. What a year we've had. And we're on to the next. Yep. Yes, we're <laughs> on to the next. Um, we accomplished so much in 2022, right? We raised about $4,000 to charity um, to Kiss in Kenya. And they were able. we were able to pay off about school fees for a year for them. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. And Asher witnessed that. So we thank you for those who donated our followers, our listeners. It was truly appreciated. And if you want to even see more of that footage, it's all on our Young Black Travelers blog on IG. Uh, we also hosted about three events locally in New York and one even internationally in Panama. <laughs> and it was so much fun. We are so glad to meet all of you. Uh, who can make it. Some probably just visit from another country and came over. So we had fun. Uh, some were fundraisers. Some were just to network and connect. And some were to give resources. Like we had one that had a speaker who talked about how to invest in Zanzibar. Mm. Uh, so we had so many different uh, encounters with you. We connected with restaurants uh, and we gave you discounts. It was just fun, fun events that we had and we're looking forward to do more we also have merch new merch that came Woo! out uh, so <laughs> if you are in a new york city area and hopefully it's not too late by the time you hear this uh we do have hoodies on sale um but we are looking to do more merch later on into the new year so stay Percent, tuned for that and not yeah. only in the new york city area you know if you guys are global or anywhere in the world you can also purchase um there's a shipping and handling fee just you would have to pay it and we'll send it to you i've actually had um people in london um people in texas who are also requesting these hoodies so uh, we'll send that it to true. you just will you'll pay the shipping and handling fee for it yes but dm us for any other questions you may have about our merch but if you see our pictures they're quite fly okay Quite nice. <laughs> and collectively, we travel over to 10 countries. We kind of touched a, a good amount of um, continents. Um, we went to Canada, went to South America, Central, uh, London. So we do practice what we preach. And we make sure that whenever we travel, we are sharing tips on our stories. Asher shares in his blog. So you could go to Asher K. On Asher K if you want on to YouTube. See, <laughs> if you want to see any of uh, some of our stories that are there um, and some of the pitfalls and the highs of it. So quite nice. Uh, so stay tuned for everything we have to offer in 2023. We're looking to do way more to connect with you guys, to be of resource to you, restaurants, and other charities. So thank you. Thank you. We could have accomplished all of this without you. Uh, so there was a good amount of things that happened during the winter part of 2022, mm. uh, especially the meltdown of the airlines. Now we know that in holidays, especially if you're coming from colder uh, weather places, there tends to be a lot of winter storms, but this winter storm was quite crazy. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to know, uh, Balom, Asher, your thoughts on the meltdown of the airlines this winter in 2022? Um, I think, I think it, you know, it's tragic. I think it's one of the worst, um, probably nor'easters or, or winter 
um, storms that we've had that has affected travel so much. I know that there's people that are still trying to collect their bags. So I think it's just very important for all travelers to have um, insurance and also to have a a bag um, that you invest in um, to ensure that it's durable uh, mm-hmm. because you're, you, you might not be sure how long you might be without it. And also there are, you know, people in this world that like to steal. So you want to you know, have something that that's safe. And I, I, I'll add a I'll add a uh, Apple plug to this conversation. Come on, plug, plug, plug. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to invest in an Apple tag, right? Mm. That will allow you to locate your bag um, at any point in time. So if you do find yourself going to the airport and the customer service agents or reps are telling you, oh, we can't find your bag, you will be able to show them that you know where your bag is. Um, because we know that some folk under duress and under stress will try to push things aside. Um, but we all want our things and we want them when we want them. So that's just a little bit about my advice. Um, and hopefully, you know, we, we won't have this issue for um, another long time coming. <laughs> yeah. And I would also uh, add, I would also add that, you know, it actually the, the, the airline that had the highest amount of cancellation and I guess the largest amount of problems was Southwest airline, right? I think over 70% of its um, planes were grounded, um, which is a large amount. And so I think one of our advice for you going into 2023 um, is to, you know, be, be conscious, know when you're booking with, with a budget carrier and not that budget carriers are horrible because they are actually very useful but know that when you book with a budget carrier, generally budget carriers do not have air, other airlines that they partner with, right? So, you know, American Airlines right now partners with JetBlue, which kind of is, we've talked about this um, sometime on our podcast. JetBlue is in an interesting um, place where it's not so much a budget carrier like Southwest or Spirit is. It's kind of like a mid-tier, but it's also not mainline. But if you had, if you were ever in um, a problem with American Airlines, at least you know that you could get a flight on JetBlue or vice versa. Or let's say you were stuck overseas and you were flying American, you could simply be rebooked on, let's say, British Airways or Finnair, one one of American's partners. So I guess our advice to you is to be, um, I guess, pay attention to who other partners are for these airlines that you're traveling with. And also know that a lot of the budget carriers do not have partners. So if things go wrong, let's say you flew Southwest Spirit um, Frontier, you're probably going to have to try to get on another Frontier flight. And more than likely, if it's like a case like this where thousands of flights were canceled, it's going to be pretty hard for you to get on another flight pretty quickly. So that's my tip for you. Yes. And I second to all that was said. Um, insurance is a very important thing. I think there's not enough that could be said about it. And so many cases where I hear where people would think domestic flight doesn't need insurance, right? I'm just going from a state to state if you're in the United States. But anything can really happen, especially during the holidays uh, when weather is such a huge factor. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes people are booking their work time or maybe they have some sort of appointment the next day uh, you have to do diligence with insurance i think that probably is the most important thing but definitely um, apple tags um, if you use apple um, looking into the partnerships there are um, within that to to rebook are all definitely great tips to minimize the cost of um, airlines i do also notice um that Within Instagram, there seems to be more of a trend to showcase what you can actually um, what you can actually get back in terms of if there's any delays. For example, um, don't quote me, but I did say on Instagram where Delta does have um, a clause for delays on luggage, where if it's late for twenty minutes, you can claim points. Mm. For, so, for example, those things where people are looking into the policies of 
um, airlines now more closely than before because they're seeing a lot of these things happening and they're trying to prevent um, that happening to them. So Instagram uh, with their informational reels have been a good resource to start talking about reading policies and get insurance and looking into who's the partner and should I do budget and all these things that you should be weighing before you even book that flight. So um, like things like these are horrible, but it does bring to light these type of conversations that need to be had so that we could prevent that moving forward. Yeah, and Chris, and before we go to break, I I I wanna um add on to what you just said regarding you know the rise in social media. I think what's her name? Um, she's a lawyer. Um, she's she's the one who started that trend. Um, with how you can actually see compensation from airlines. It's also important to know that a lot of times the compensation that well, some of the highest compensation does come from a lot of the mainline carriers. And from what I've seen, a lot of times, you know, Spirit, um, uh, um, Southwest may not give you as much compensation as, let's say, a Delta, which I know is really good on compensating you when things go wrong. So take my advice for, for that. Delta American, but I've Delta has been the best at this I've seen. And so maybe you want to, when you're booking, think about who you're choosing because when an airline is friendly to work with passengers, when things go wrong, it's going to be easy for them to actually work with you and give you the compensation you, you deserve. Um, I haven't seen that from JetBlue. Um, I haven't seen that from Southwest. I haven't seen that from Spirit. But I can tell you that Delta Airlines compensates you when things go wrong. There you go. You hear it from your black travelers. <laughs> Delta <laughs> will compensate you when things go wrong. But that's true. So all these tips are great. I hope you consider them. Um, if you got caught up, we are sorry that you got caught up. Um, we hope the best for you, that everything goes right by you um, for 2023. Um, but make sure you take those tips. We'll have them in the notes so that you can refer back and apply them to your next travels. With that said, we're going to segue to the main conversation. A lot of events have happened um, in 2022 that have made huge impacts on um, how the Black community has been portrayed around the world. And we're going to dive on into that. So stay tuned. And we're back to Young Black Travelers. Uh, we're going to just dive on into the main conversation, which is just all the major events that's been happening around the world that has impacted the Black community. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So the we're going to just... <laughs> It's going to be a wide range of things because a lot has happened. Um, off the bat, um, there has been a real push in terms of uh, media, entertainment, in terms of um, how different African countries and the diaspora countries have been represented. Um, a few, uh, one of them is the Woman King. Uh, we did talk about the Black Panther before. So if you haven't heard that podcast episode, you should listen to that because Women can kind of similarly touch upon it, not as diverse as Black Panther, where they touch upon Haiti and Afro-Latina, uh, Latino countries and stuff. But Women King talked about a little bit more on the female side of being a warrior and what that entailed during that time. They touch upon um, a true story in Benin, which is basically in West Africa, of a tribe that consisted of um, female warriors um, that would um, defend their their tribe and surrounding tribes until the French came and took over. Um, but some of the things they talked about is um, the injustice of how um, maybe certain African tribes have dealt with the European countries and um, also how females to males have been treated in relation to one another where um, we probably still feel like that today where we see a little patriarchy going on here and there or there may be a sense of some 
self-identity um, that people feel within their family and traditions. Uh, so it talks a lot about how people may be feeling psychologically um, being part of tradition and how questioning it uh, is a journey. Uh, also, <laughs> Young, Famous, and African came out on Netflix. Uh. So, yes, that has been um, quite a show. So let me say, you know, I was I was I was quiet because I haven't seen The Woman King, but I'm I'm gonna watch it. Um, it's on my you top should. of my list. But that was a great summary. But I could talk a lot about Young Famous African. So let's go. Oh yes, go go and go and ask. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, but really, Young Famous African. Well, I was late to the game. Okay, so you're like could say you're late when I watched it. Um, but what is so interesting about this is that. First off, um, I'm glad that Netflix is picking up on the Nollywood trend that's going on where people are more watching shows like Blood and Water. Uh, there's so many other African, <laughs> um, African country type shows that I can list out. Um, but there has been a rise in Nollywood. Young, famous, and African especially, though, because in entertainment, right now, Afrobeats is a big thing. And normally people want to know the backstory of these artists, right? We will hear the songs, we'll hear the music, um, but we want to know their background. And in the, in the Western world, it's not that accessible, even with Google, to learn about what they care about and in relation to their culture. And I think Young Famous and African brought that to light on, I'm um, considering like, you have a West African going to South Africa and how they feel about that <laughs> or uh, how people dress in certain situations where, um, man, I can't remember names, but where even the way you dress would be offensive to an East African because maybe it's too revealing and those type of things where, okay, they have their music, but they have their lives and certain lifestyles that we probably don't understand here in the West. It's a little bit more normal in their um, in their culture and the way they dress. Way they dress is phenomenal. First of all, they bring in the 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 style and the sensitivity to like art and music, and it's just very refreshing to see black excellence in its territory. I think Young, Famous, and African really bring that to light on Netflix, which is a big platform right now. Uh, so, Asher, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think what you said is is facts, right? Particularly um, about Netflix bringing um, Africa and showing Africa in a positive light. And I think mm -hmm. that's what Young, Famous, African, Young, Rich, Famous, African, I think I said that right, um yes did because i think generally obviously what the media has consistently shown about africa you know years ago was that africa is rich um not africa is rich sorry africa is poor we saw poverty we didn't see the beaches of seychelles or the beaches of mombasa or zanzibar or even the the, the luxurious lifestyle of durban and cape town um, we generally saw the crime of Johannesburg and we saw the chaos of um, Lagos, but we never saw how these countries, um, you know, how beautiful and rich um, places in South Africa were. And we never saw that about Nigeria and many different places in Africa. And when you see people like Swanky Jerry just coming out in his best garb. <laughs> yes. And man, Woo. the man is, he's a fashion he's icon. Bad. He, he's bad, 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 Swanky, bad, bad. I tell you, my favorite character on Young, um, Famous, Rich, and I'm not saying the name right, but he's my- Young, Famous, and African. Yes. Um, he's my f best character um, on that show. Um, and you just saw just the, the different, the different lifestyles and the different situations that different people go through Annie and her, her situation with, um, Two-Face, uh, right? Like it, it, it was just yeah. a really good show. Um, I loved it. Uh, as you talk about Afrobeats trending currently this year, 
you see people like Bonner Boy, who's actually top paid in the world, um, and Ooh. new emerging artists like Ira Starr. We got we got to yes. give her the shout out because Ira yes. is doing it. I there's a video that's going around right now on um, YouTube. Um, I think she did an acoustic performance of um, Rush, and it was just so good. It was just so pure. It was just so pure vocal talent and artistry. And I think seeing that the pure talent come out of Africa, talent that many have ha, has actually stolen for years, right? Like white people have stolen um, African talent and have put it in different um, different movies, different thing in their cultures. But now we are actually seeing a time where. African music and African talent is actually rising to the forefront and not just being um, used for, you know, for money, but people are actually appreciating the African artistry. Yeah, that's my two piece on that. Yeah. And, and even the dancing, like a lot of dancing trends have Afrobeat music in the background where you will see not only, you know, Black Americans or diaspora or Africans dancing on it, but you will see people in Korea, you'll see mm -hmm. people in South America dancing to it. And these wonderful trends are showcasing the beauty of our music, our mm. art, our entertainment, uh, and how diverse it is. Like mm. Instagram is becoming this informational real type stuff. It used to be just <laughs> pictures, right? And yeah. now we're having all these information on, I would see reels comparing um, West African to East African. And I would see uh, Ethiopians dancing. And I would see South Africans dancing. And even within our own sphere, mm. we'll think of African dancing as just this, one africa but africa is different countries mm. so different countries have their different styles looks dances trends artists that they care for and i really did see this year a lot of trending music with trending dancing come to light to specifically showcase the different countries of africa and it's been a nice sight to behold and that <laughs> information is coming along with the dancing so you're not just dancing you kind of understanding um where it's coming from and and why it is what it is so a lot of learning in terms of history and uh, just showcasing the beauty and diversity of um African countries and it's been great for the black community yeah i don't know if alone has anything to add on this but i i i, I would add um in this finale that you know even you you've heard our conversations from um kenya tanzania and anthony in ethiopia and i think for us um one of the mo the, the moment of epiphany that we had in africa or east africa was just how different the culture and the the, the temperament in east africa is compared to um west africa right like even when we heard um, the language, um, Swahili. And I remember myself and Anthony um, and Stella was talking about, you know, just how different it is. Like, I remember saying to myself and to the group, like, I would love to learn Swahili because I just felt like it was this romantic language. This just like we think of Spanish and French um, or some people may think of English. It's the same way I felt with Swahili. It was just so it was just so nice to hear um, because I know sometimes even the languages I may have heard, I, I, I wasn't necessarily, I didn't necessarily love. But the bottom line is there is a difference in the many different countries in Africa. Africa is not just a, a monolith. You know, there's just different experiences, which social media this year has really shown us um, the differences. But I think a lot more travelers are traveling and they're starting to understand and get a hold of the differences. Yeah, so um, mainstream that Burner Boy, I think he was at the World Cup performing, no? I was seeing this video um, on Instagram where there are some Afro beats playing. I don't remember the African country that was playing uh, there, but it was 
It was yeah, huge. I think I think the song you're talking about is Calm Down. Baby, calm down. Yes. Calm down. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And everyone was just singing it in the whole stadium and yeah. and it was just like, wow. Yes. Wow. But yeah, I will I will chime in. I haven't watched the Netflix show, um, but I have seen um Woman King. Um and since Ashley you gave a shout out to some of the characters or the the individuals a part of that show, I would give a shout out to uh, Viola Davis, um, who was the star of Woman King. Um, this was really her first lead film. Um, oh, really? And it's unfortunate that I, yeah, it was her first lead film. Um, wow. where her name was, you know, across the poster, essentially standing alone, right? And the movie, the movie budget was about fifty million. Um, and they were able to make uh, 94. So they were able to come away um, with some profit. So congrats to her and, and the other women um, who were a part of that movie um, who made it happen and, 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 and made it successful. And I think something else to add based on what Chrisanne said about, you know, Europeans coming into Africa um, and the role that Africans played, um, you know, one thing that that was left out was, you know, different tribes um, essentially fought against or needed to defend themselves against one another um, in order to survive, which ended up, you know, villainizing um, one tribe or one community against the other uh, because of the Europeans that came in, uh, whether they were French or, or, or British. Wow. Yes. So... Yeah, Woman King was, uh, it's sad that Viola Davis, you know, is only up to this point where she was mainstream, but, you know, everything in this timing, and I appreciate also that they included uh, uh, Nawi, who is a South African actress, so again, exposure of different, even actors and actresses in the um, uh, African countries to actually utilize them for these mainstream movies in Hollywood. Um, so I, I'm glad all these have happened at the same time so that we can be blessed by uh, the performances of just Black excellence, basically. Uh, but I did touch upon um, the World Cup, which was huge, uh, FIFA World Cup, to be exact, which was huge in Qatar, um, knowing that after COVID, uh, a lot of things have shut down. So it was really celebrated um, now that everything is coming back. Uh, so I wanted to kind of get some thoughts about how the World Cup may have um, showcased the Black community. Um, Ashley, you can go first. Certainly. Um, I think you mentioned it um, early on when you talked about, when we talked about the song Come Down, right? Um that moment in itself, which 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 is a trending moment um, on in, on social media, where you see this major Afrobeat song being sung by so many different cultures in that stadium, um, people from all over the world know this song. That that in itself just show how famous and how popular Afrobeats is and the Black culture is, right, to people. But I would also say outside of the music, um, it, for me, it was interesting to look at the teams. And one of the things that I, I recognize with the World Cup, and I've always recognized this, but it was how when you look at each team, that in essence tell you the black representation in each country. So when we look at a team like France, um, France has a, a majority black team um, and, mm -hmm. and, and Valone will probably talk a little bit later about just the other issues that come with that but nonetheless France, the, the French team represents shows you the representation of black culture and black people in that country because I remember when I went to France a few years ago I mean we, we see it in different places and we've probably heard about it i was surprised to see the amount of black people in france or in paris and so the team in itself showed you that right mm. you also look at um the 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 argentinian team 
and that, that's the team that I always, you know, I know everybody love Argentina and I've been to Argentina and I love the country, but the Argentinian team, predominantly white. And one of the things that I always talk about, particularly about Argentina is, and one of the things a lot of people don't know about Argentina is the, the history of the elimination of black people in Argentina. And so when we look at a team that is predominantly white, a country right next to Brazil and a country that had the same history like Brazil in, in, in um, the slave trade, but now is a predominantly white country. And whether you do research and this, this is probably a deeper conversation about how Argentina eliminated the black population by putting black men at the front of the war between Brazil um, and mm -hmm. also their, their history of trying to whiten, whiten their population, um, which is not an uncommon thing in the Americas. I, was, I, I thought it was just interesting, right, just to see this team and just also to see how other people were just rooted for Argentina. And I think I felt a little way where I'm over here rooted for the black team, which is France, while people were over there rooted <laughs> for Argentina, right? But I think that to answer the question, the teams in essence showed you the, the, the black representation and how countries, um, black, the black population is represented in so many different countries. Yeah. Yeah, I will add on to that and, and simply say, um, if you look at majority of the teams in the World Cup, um, they are either dominated um, by people of color or, you know, at, at least half of the team, right? We talk about uh, France, Team France, who were the runner, runners up. Um, and we talk about their star player, who is a black man who is possibly the second or the third best player in the world, right? So what that really shows is the impact of us and, you know, how we are going to continue to transcend the game. Also, we have to talk about the death of Pele, right? Yes. Um, yes. Who recently just passed, yes. right? Once again, he can be um, identified as the greatest soccer slash football player um, mm -hmm. ever and he was Brazilian um, and, and and you know we're talking about a a, a dark skin uh, man of color so you mm -hmm. know during his prime you can imagine um, what that was like um, across the world when segregation was still happening right um, and apartheid was still happening right so just want to shed light on that as well um, but the last thing I would say about the World Cup and soccer in general, once again, you know, people of color, our black men, our black players are dominating this tournament um, every four years. Um, but when they go back to their clubs in the countries in which they reside and, and they're contractually obligated to play with, a lot of them who play for the European teams and even the German teams face a lot of racism, which is just, you know, simply sad. Um, we all can do our research and we can see how a lot of top players have been abused by their own fan base um, because of their skin color, no matter how good they play. Um, so um, just want to give a shout out to, you know, all the men of color um, that play soccer, that continue to dominate and continue to transcend the game. Um, you're strong. And we continue to pray for them to get through all the abuse that they go through. And, 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 and I wanted to add on to that, right? And we're talking about race and representation of black people. <laughs> and I, I think this is, it's, for us, we cannot look at these events without, you know, having context, right? And I think sometimes, you know, many people around the world look at these events and not understanding the racial context in different countries. And sometimes we can't, and we actually cannot look at soccer from even the America's racial lens. Right. But to the point I made earlier about, you know, blackness and the, the history, you know, when you even look at Brazil, the t Brazil, the, the Brazilian team, there was actually, I think there was years ago, Neymar made a comment about, it's not like I am black, you know, um, that in itself even tell you 
about this the history of how blackness is even represented in some of these countries because neymar is an apparent black man right he may not be as Volod said of extremely dark-skinned man like pele was or myself is but it's clear that he is a black man but when you do look at the history of how many of these south american countries um dealt with race even though black brazil still has a huge black population as compared to argentina actually one of the largest black population in the world comments like that and how other people even see blackness um tells you of the struggles that are going on internally in each of these countries um and i think those things are important to note um and hopefully we'll come to a day where you know we treat our blackness as you know as 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 it is now i think in our appreciation of afrobeats we countries in south america start treating blackness as the standard as equal to any other race and i don't know if that is actually the case currently that's true and that's the battle to fight because a lot of that um is subconscious and conscious at the same time among the group mentality, right? When you have a group culture, which is what sports bring up, a group thinking and group culture of this is who we're going to root for. Uh, maybe I don't like this country, but because I'm from it, <laughs> I'm going to root for it and all that it stands for. And sometimes mm. we're rooting for uh, subconsciously the ugly, like some stuff that has been systematic that we think is harmless has roots that have been harmful racially. And uh, sometimes these sports kind of glaze over the fact that, okay, they're great. Um, they're defending their country. Um, but when they go back home, they still have to face the systematic um, racism that's happening uh, within their own home, which is quite um, disheartening to hear, but it is a reality. And I think the quicker uh, a lot of these mainstream um, platforms and also um, even the sports could acknowledge that there are some disparities that need to be addressed uh, to make it a safe place for people to do sports. I think the quicker we get to that point where we could become equal, um, but as long as this thing is commercialized and endorsed and sponsored, and money's on it. Uh, if they're going to take their pit between um, having efforts towards making more money to the country and having efforts to treat everyone as equal, they're probably going to go for more money, uh, sadly. So we're hoping that at least our efforts in the IG world, that we're bringing more awareness, even Twitter, which I appreciate, as social media it's bringing more awareness to these things where it becomes where if we make enough noise, the mainstream news tends to pick up mm. and then it travels to the government. So uh, there is some power that we can do if we make enough noise uh, to change those things. But it is a long journey, but it's a journey worth fighting for, right? Yep. Um, but, you know, the World Cup hasn't been the only um, discrimination, like a big event that's discriminatory right um balone you just brought up with us which i saw too uh, about south african kids that were in the pool uh so talk a little bit more about that event so yes yeah, so you know we 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 know all that africa as a continent has been through uh regarding slavery and apartheid and we know about south africa and nelson mandela and the fight um to rid you know, apartheid. Um, but as we know, racism, prejudice is something that still lingers across the world, regardless if there's legal slavery or legal apartheid. And it came across my screen and it came across Chrisanne's screen, as she mentioned, where uh, there was either a community pool or a uh, neighboring hotel pool where there were some young Africans, um, black Africans at that, who were trying to enjoy themselves in the pool. And one white man um, came up to another one 
and started to become physical. And then the other young man's friend or brother came out to protect. And another white man came over. And then it became real physical where we had two white men aggressively putting their hands on these young men's um, necks to the point that one actually jumped into the pool with another one of the young men and actually attempted to drown him or to keep him submerged underwater with his head. And since then, I've, I've been following a little bit. Um, and what I came across was that um, the one white African um, or European man um, could be charged for attempted murder because, once again, he did intentionally try to submerge and drown and suffocate one of the young men. And also there is a uh, group, uh, African network group, who then um, started protesting. They started marching and singing around the pool, um, seeking justice. Uh, And it's unfortunate that we still have to fight for justice, um, even in our motherland. And um, now from my um, my last viewing, the pool is now filled with young Africans, male and female, um, after this tragic event. Um, so I'm not sure the complete, you know, backdrop um, in terms of if the young Africans were allowed or not allowed. Um, but the situation did not have to occur the way it occurred. Um, and, you know, we still have to keep um, praying for the end of this discrimination and racism and apartheid that happens across the world so that young men um, and people of all color don't have to go through that. So that was just the current events regarding South Africa uh, within the last week or so of this recording. Wow. Well, yes, people know or should know about the apartheid that goes around uh, that or that is in South Africa. Uh, I did see that video as well. And it was rough. Like that man was choking that young boy. And the weird thing about social media, although it does some good, as quickly as it's loud, it's as quickly as it's shush. Because there's a lot of things that, you know, has been discriminatory that was like a big buzz. And you'll see these posts on social media with like a black square or whatever. Or it'll be loud, and then it, something else, maybe Beyonce, <laughs> shows a song, and then quickly we forget about it until something else happens. So uh, that's the important thing about having these conversations is that it has to be also continuous um, for it to for it to to change. Uh, and sadly, although these things do happen in occurrence, where You'll find kids in pools where they're they be calling all these names, or even things like the Ukraine, where you have uh, black refugees being, you know, being turned away, or they're not able to even leave the Ukraine, whereas their white counterparts are. I noticed that those type of news um, circulate around, and they're very important to take note and take action of, um, but they seem to just disappear. Um, so in, in terms of the discrimination that's been happening, um, it's tough to see that every year something does happen and we talk about it and then it disappears. Um, I do hope that we do utilize social media to keep people in the loop about the aftermath of these things and how, how we can contribute in a way that's sustainable and reach to a a possible solution. That's my hope for 2023, that we don't have these happenings just happen and and we post about it and then we go about our day with the new music. I hope that we do continuously learn about these things, learn about the history, so that if we come across it, we can educate people. Sometimes people uh, would look at that same news and think, why is that so important? Strangely, in 2023, uh, in 2022, but 
uh, part of it is because we, as a Black community, sometimes we go with trends. Um, but if we do really want to have change, we have to make it continuous. Um, so South African, the this in the pool is probably not the only time that happened. Um, I'm glad that social media picked up on it, like the Ukraine. But um, I'm really hoping that we continuously keep up with these conversations. And that's where we're hoping to have this podcast to not only talk about travel in a good way, but also talk about travel in a conscious way where you're knowing that there's things like that happen, but uh, we could be a product of change. Um, so speaking about those things, the last part, which we kind of talked about in the World Cup and with uh, media, um, but soundtracks, right? We talked about music in terms of trends, um, but there's some certain soundtracks and performances, um, especially by maybe Burner Boy, um, that has been like pretty global. Um, one soundtrack I like is from the Black Panther because of its wide range. Um, Asher, is there any performance that spoke out to you in 2022 that you really enjoyed? I think I would add that the World Cup soundtrack um, and just like most soundtracks that the World Cup put out um, has been really good. Right. Um, and it is interesting how the, the World Cup really tried to capture the sound of the host nation um, to hear the sounds, the, the, the Arabic or those types of sounds coming through the soundtrack um, and um, artists like um, BTS. Um, I think they had one of the better sound um, songs on the soundtrack, um, but also the representation as we're talking about black artists, you know, I think it was um, what's his name? Uh, his name is slipping me right now. Uh, it's not Wizkid. It's not Burna Boy. <laughs> he wasn't on the soundtrack, but um <laughs> The name will come back to me, but this is what African artist. We'll put it in the notes. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it in the notes and it'll come back to me. Um, he was one of the artists who was on the soundtrack and that was actually pretty good to see that representation. And it also just shows you how, um, how big Afrobeats and African representation is. There are also representation from America um, with an American artist who was on there as well. So, listen, I, 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 I rate the World Cup soundtrack and I've actually rated many years oh, every, every time they put one out. And of course, the top um, trended song for World Cup soundtrack is Waka Waka uh, by Shakira. But and that was a South, that was South <laughs> Africa. So they've done a good job this um, time around. So, yeah, that's that's one I'll talk about. You know, today is the day that I realized that World Cup had a soundtrack. I was, I, it didn't, I don't know why it didn't register to me that they would, but they, they would, right? Because Waka Waka, I would think maybe World Cup has a song, but I never thought of the World Cup having like a soundtrack. So I will have to listen to that soundtrack in its entirety and maybe watch the performances too. Um, yes, definitely watch it. And the artist I was thinking about is or who's on the soundtrack is DeVito. So DeVito uh, was okay. the African artist who was featured on the World Cup soundtrack. Um, not Born a Boy, but DeVito was the artist. And there's this video out there of, you know, I think at the closing ceremony where they all performed. It was really good. So if you guys haven't seen that, definitely go check it out. And yes, Chris, and every go around at the World Cup, there is a soundtrack that comes out. And so um, when the World Cup comes to um, North America in 2026, it's going to be interesting to see <laughs> what those songs will be like. Because I, I will tell you, every World Cup, they have, like the sounds have just been very representative and like very festive in, in a sense. As I, as I said, Waka yeah. Waka. Um, at the Qatar World Cup, you know, that BTS song, Look Who We Are, We Are The Dreamers. That song yeah. just really captured the essence of 
Qatar, the World Cup, what it means. And even in Brazil, you did hear the sounds of Brazil. I'm kind of skeptical about what may come about um, for America, Canada, and Mexico. But we do have a lot of major artists here. So I'm thinking maybe they're going to bring Beyonce, Justin Bieber, um, some Mexican artists. I could see Me Mexico bringing the major sound. But... <laughs> I'm nervous, but I, I'm actually anticipated <laughs> to see what's going to happen. <laughs> I think I think that um, you know we need to we need to give you know one more round of applause for Waka Waka. Like I I, I don't think people understand that, <laughs> that, 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 that song. That yeah. song is is just it's you know it's, it's it. I don't know you know I don't know what to say it's about timeless. it. It's timeless. Amazing. It's timeless. 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 Like, and, that's and, an anthem. And it wouldn't be, <laughs> and it wouldn't be what it is without Shakira, right? Yeah. No one else, no one else could pull it off the way she pulled it off. Mm. Um, so kudos to her. But I think, uh, you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum regarding the, the next World Cup and the soundtrack, I think, Asher, I think there is no, you know, need to be nervous. I mean, uh, Bad Bunny, right, is, is Puerto Rican. So he's, mm -hmm. you know, he's North American. Right. So um, him being, you know, the biggest artist in the world or, or the second biggest artist in the world, Drake, you know, I would think, you know, you might have Drake, you might have Bad Bunny. I'm sure, you know, Beyonce might come come down from the heavens and, 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 and sing a song, right? Yeah. That soundtrack could be could be really huge. It could be really, really huge, really, really huge. Um, so oh, yeah, yes. I think that's really going to be interesting. And I, I think we're going to talk about a little bit of what to expect in the World Cup 2026 um, after our next break. So we're going to take one last break. Uh, this has been a really good main conversation on just in general, a lot of events that happened in 2022. Um, and when we come back, I'm going to just wrap up what we talked about in this main conversation our quick shout out and expectations of 2023 uh, so stay tuned and we're back once more on our season seven finale Woo! of the young black travelers <laughs> podcast season seven seven seasons can you believe it guys it's been seven wonderful seasons just talking about different things that are happening our travels your travels tips tricks and the main conversation was not short of that we talked about how so much impact of the black community has been to the world good bad and ugly um but always worth noting and learning so if you are a new listener or a following listener Always get educated. Always be conscious when you're traveling. There's so much to learn and so much to know, be grateful for where you are, and also give back to where you're traveling through charity, through locally, through networking, and through your stories. Um, so we, we thank you that you listen to us because we love talking to you and sharing our thoughts on events. And we hope to, that you do the same. Um, DM us, share your thoughts. We always love to hear what your thoughts on the events are. Uh, so a quick shout out uh, to someone who's been to one of our events. Now she found us on Eventbrite, <laughs> uh, which is a platform here in the States um, that just showcase different events that are coming around. And usually around New Year's in New York, there's a lot of events happening. So for her to you know, see our event and say, hey, this could be a good event for me and her having the time of her life with us. Uh, we want to just show some love to Tofi Pops. Um, okay. that's, her, that's her IG handle. Uh, so it's T-O-F-I-E-P-O-P-S. So Tofi Pops. She's from the UK. She was in New York and she just popped on by and she's like, hey, I'm down. And we're like, hey, what's up? Um, so... We appreciate you. We love meeting you. I hope you have you had a good time in New York if you went back and that you're safe and sound in the UK. So um, visit her handle, show her some love, and thank you for being our newest follower as well. Um, so first off, 
we touch upon the World Cup, guys. Um, 2022 is fun. We are getting into 2026 World Cup. Um, there are rumors that I think it's supposed to be hosted in North America, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so any thoughts about that and how that might turn out, if that's true? Well, I mean, I think we kind of hint on this earlier on when Falone talked about, um, I guess my my biggest thing would have been the, the soundtrack, right? For me, obviously, someone who is um, interested in music, um, the soundtrack, I, I'm very interested to hear. And Falone clarified it earlier on, you know, that there's no need to worry um, because we're probably going to have uh, an amazing soundtrack, right? Um, I guess what I'm anticipating, definitely, hopefully, those drum beats that is very representative of a World Cup is definitely represented in there. But um, I, I, I think it's probably going to be a little bit expensive because, you know, we're literally flying between three countries. If you're going to if, if anyone is going to like go to all the games, uh, because these games are also very much spread out so there's mexico the united states different places in the us and canada and on different coasts right so it's going to be interesting to see how that play out um because we're also think thinking of time zones and we're also thinking of distance the blessing of qatar was that qatar was was close and what i heard was all all the stadiums were close by each other and so that's not going to be the case in this North American World Cup. Um, so that's going to be quite interesting to see what's going to happen. But I'm hoping to catch a game in New York or Philly or Toronto. Overload. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because similar to the Super Bowl, you know, a lot of the true football fans don't often get to go to the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl is usually sold out because large corporations buy tickets for their staffs and also as a, a, a marketing tool. Um, so it's going to be real interesting to see if real soccer fans are going to have the opportunity to go to these games, right? Mm -hmm. It's Facebook, it's Twitter, you know, are the airlines, you know, uh, Coca-Cola, you know, are they, you know, are they all going to buy out, you know, these games mm -hmm. and, and make it, you know, very hard for a working dad to take his son right to, to go see a game or um an immigrant right who um plays soccer their whole life in their home country and, and and might have never had the opportunity to go to a world cup in their country but now that they're in the united states you know working hard and trying to provide for their family they, they might not be able to get that chance either because of the price and because of the different uh, time zones and so on and so forth. So that is going to be um, really, really interesting. The one thing that I think that we missed on um, with uh, Qatar is um, that so many migrants died building mm -hmm. and creating the infrastructure um, so that people wow. can come in from wherever they lived. And I'm most certain that most of those migrants or people of color um, who um, have easily been forgotten um, but but thank God young black travelers hasn't forgotten them or their families but hopefully um, the United States will not be in a position where um, they are forced to um, put people in a position where they have to overwork to the point of death um, like in Qatar. So that's what I would say. Yeah. Well, I don't think, well, I know because I'm in that construction sector. So, um, of course, we have laws here that will prevent that. Or if that gets to that point, I'm pretty sure there's going to be some <laughs> some rats running around <laughs> from the unions. Uh, we have this thing there where we just put these inflatable rats if the union is... Um, protesting um but i am fearing that it's gonna cause a lot of problems i don't know if uh, particularly new york and i talked about it with colleagues if new york is ready to hold a fever we are already very tight on space so if we got that level of influx of people 
this is the FIBA World Cup. A lot of people pay a lot of money to even be in a lottery to just be in one of these games to attend. And the stadiums are usually pretty huge. So my fear is that uh, not only the construction workers, but those who are residents here that already have a tough time already traveling to and from um, the city, um, going to work, um, getting certain things. It's going to sound fun from the outside, but um, being in the inside, I'm, I'm kind of scared, but intrigued to see how, particularly in our city, New York, that's going to work out and how um, our our government and our local uh, lawmakers and everything are going to maneuver around such a highly anticipated and what they say groundbreaking um, FIBA World Cup 2026. Uh, so I'm intrigued. I'm watching from the outside, and if I get involved, <laughs> I, I pray that I don't have to do so much overtime. That's all I'm going to say. Get um, that money. <laughs> oh, it, it will be money, but oh my gosh, that, it's going to be insane. We'll um, run it up. <laughs> run it up. Uh, yes. So last question before we end the season seven, right? Any place you're anticipating to go to Nets for 2023? Yeah, um, listen, I guess Nigeria may be in the works, so I'm Ooh. looking forward to that. Um, back let's, to the motherland you go. Back to the motherland I go. Um, I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully many more trips to the motherland after that. Yeah. Yes, I, I, haven't gone to the, I haven't gone to the motherland just yet, um, but thanks to one of our most recent events, our bar crawl, um, I've been inspired. Um, so not only does YBT inspire others, but you know our supporters, our followers inspire us as well. Uh, so I'm interested in going to uh, Tanzania, trying to figure out how to work that in this year, uh, Seychelles, um, uh, still interested in going to Turks and Caicos, um, Singapore um, was on the menu for this year, but um, that would be later in the year, so not really sure, but I, I definitely need to get beachside ASAP um, because I only did one trip this year, so I'm really yearning to to to, to get out and, and, and get in some sun and some water. What places? Yeah, I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm looking to explore a little bit more. Not necessarily beaches, but I do want to get back into some sort of solo travel. Um, I don't know which country will be. Um, I am definitely trying. Well, I'm not going to try. I will be going to the motherland. I'm going to make that happen. I really want to go to Ghana. Um, I've seen people post stories about it and the different places. Um, particularly, there is a refugee town after my own name. And I've been in contact with the person for off and on. Uh, so I would love to visit that town. Because I'm interested. I'm like, I never heard of Christian Ghana. <laughs> so <laughs> it would be interesting to, to just see like the history of that refugee town. We love Kusangana. You better go in oh, and claim Lord. your territory. <laughs> <laughs> well, not territory to claim per se, but you know, it's interesting to learn about where your the roots of your name is. So um, Ghana is calling me a little bit. So I'm, I'm going to answer the call 2023. Um, but I do want to get back to that Afro-Latino world that I've touched on probably every year now. Uh, so I do want to go to maybe another Central American country. I don't know which, but stay tuned for that as well. Um, so with that said, this has been a great 2022. It's been eventful. In so many different ways and lights, and we thank you, our supporters, for always listening to our stories, whether it's from us or from all our guests. 
uh, and continue to support us like you did 2022 for 2023 uh, by becoming a monthly contributor to continue to hear these great stories. So just simply go to anchor.fm slash travelers. We also are on other major platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You see it, you name it, we're in there. Um, also be mindful of your travels. Uh, it is winter in the western part and a little bit of Europe. Um, but even so, be mindful of your travels. We give you tips. Go listen to it. And continue to keep good sanitary practices wherever you go. With that said, guys, it has been a great 2022. And I'm looking yes. forward to spending 2023 with you guys. Yes. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year, everybody. And we can't <laughs> thank you to all the supporters. Yes. Happy and New Year, guys. <laughs> yes, thank you, guys. It would have not been a great 2022 without you, and we're looking forward to spend 2023 with you. Uh, so, with that said, ciao, everyone. Happy New Year. Ciao, adios. See you later.